What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the tapes, season two, episode twelve. Today we got Chi Ali and Twister. So, I don't know how well informed everybody is on either one of these guys. I know some people that, you know, I'm friends with and things like that definitely know who Twister is. Chi Ali, I'm not so sure. Um, I had heard his name before, but wasn't really too familiar with him. And Twister, I've definitely listened to some Twister stuff, but I never really had any Twister albums or anything like that. So, this one was kind of a, a little blind for me going into this one, and, uh, We'll start off with Chi Ali first. His debut solo album was in 1992. So there isn't as much info on Chi Ali as there normally is for most other people that we cover. But you're going to wind up getting most of the same information anyway. But a little bit of a background on him. Chi Ali Griffith, born May 27th, 1976, better known by his stage name Chi Ali, is an American rapper from the Bronx, New York City, best known for his debut album, The Famous Chi Ali, released in 1992 as a member of the hip-hop collective Native Tongues. So, no alias is listed, but he only had the one album in 1992, so you do the math on years active. It was a hip-hop album, and he's from the Bronx, so... There's all the info, really, that you were missing on Chi Ali, just like that. You got the birthday and everything else, so really nothing missing, even though there wasn't, you know, a list given the way that there normally is for most other people. So, let's get into what I wrote down when I was listening to Chi Ali. I had heard the name Chi Ali before, but I wasn't at all informed on him. I hadn't heard any of his songs, and I definitely didn't know he was only 14 years old. Although there wasn't a great deal to analyze, he definitely had his fair share of some dope lines. At times he showed great storytelling ability, but at other times bars had little to do with each other and they were weak lines. Overall, he was just below average lyrically. The fabulous Chi Ali only ever put out one album, but it was a good album. He didn't have any great songs, but he did have a good one and he also didn't have any weak ones. His impact on the game was a little difficult to judge in that he influenced artists such as The Locks, Big L, 50 Cent, and others all on just one album. The downside to that being there was no follow-up and it's not the easiest thing to have a major impact with only one album. Aside from some sampling, Ali was pretty original, especially the way that he flowed, delivered rhymes, and song topics. So the math of what I wrote there, lyrics, he gets a 4.5, as we said, just under average. Albums, he gets a 3.63 with zero classics. Now, again, that's obviously just the score for the one solo album that he put out. That's that's what it was scored, and that's obviously what his album score is. You know, that was the qualification for the study. You had to have at least one original album released, and he did. So he was in here, and that, that was the album score for it. So that's what he gets as an album score. Songs, he gets a zero. No, there was no great songs or no weak songs on the album, so he gets a zero there. Obviously, a small number of songs is only the one album, but that's obviously also better than getting a minus, which plenty of people do wind up getting. Impact, he gets a five. I kept that at even because it was very give and take with him. You know, there's not a lot of names there, but there is names, The Locks, Big L, 50 Cent, and there was a couple others. So there is some names, and they are pretty big names, but it's not a lot of names. 
But then you also have to take into consideration that these names were gathered over the course of just one album and whatever it was, 10 or 15 songs. So to see that many big names influenced off of just one album also says something in itself. But you do have to obviously take, take into consideration that it is only a handful of names and it was only one album and, you know, it wasn't like it was, you know, the commercial success of, of Biggie or something like that where he went absolutely nuts with the one album. So he stays at about even there or average, I should say, with an impact score of five. And originality, he gets a six and a half. Now, he wasn't, it wasn't anything too crazy where he was ridiculously super, super original, but I thought that he did enough on the one album where... He had his own lane. You could tell, he, you know, he had his own style and the way that he flowed and delivered his rhymes and kind of the things that he talked about, which, you know, I, you should expect somewhat from a 14-year-old that you're going to get something a little bit different. But nonetheless, he did deliver something a little bit different. So he gets a six and a half in originality. You add all those up and you divide by five and you get a final score of 3.93. Finishing him in 117th place of 156 artists done overall. So, not a great finish, but I mean, when you only have one hip-hop album, I'm not sure how high you can realistically expect someone to finish, but shout out to Chi Ali, man. Like I said, there are hundreds of people who didn't make the cut, so despite a tiny body of work, Chi Ali still somehow managed to get his way in here, so hats off to him, man, for sure. Now, moving on to Twista, who also had his debut album in 1992. Birth name is Carl Terrell Mitchell, also known as Tongue Twista. Born November 27, 1973 in Chicago, Illinois, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop and chopper. And years active are listed as 1989 to present. So, a little bit of background on Twista. Carl Terrell Mitchell, born November 27, 1973 better known mononymously as Twista, formerly Tongue Twista, is an American rapper. He is best known for his chopper style of rapping and for once holding the title of fastest rapper in the world according to Guinness World Records in 1992, being able to pronounce 598 syllables in 55 seconds. In 1997, after appearing on Do or Die's hit single Poe Pimp, produced by the legendary Traxta, Twista signed with Big Beat and Atlantic Records, where he released his third album, Adrenaline Rush, and formed the group Speed Not Mobsters in 1998. His 2004 album, Kamikaze, reached the top of the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart after the success of the Billboard Hot 100 number one single, Slow Jams. So, obviously more there for Twista than there was for Chi Ali, but... Some different stuff there for Twister. You have kind of two routes there where early on you could see that, you know, whether you whether you want to say it's good or whether you want to say it's useless, you're obviously going to have people on two sides of the corner. Well, I can't understand what he's saying. Bro, just because you can't understand him doesn't mean he's not good, yada, yada. This argument could go on forever. I don't want to fucking hear that shit, bro. This is amazing. He's just going over your head and it never ends. The fact of the matter is that being able to pronounce 598 syllables in 55 seconds is obviously a difficult task that at that point in time, he seemed to be the only person that was capable of doing it. So, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's great, but it certainly is something different. 
And it certainly is something impressive. And that's early on in 1992. And then later around 97, 98, 04, stuff like that. You're kind of seeing a little bit more of the commercial success where his album is charting. He's got a number one single and things like that. So I remember when going through Twista's entire catalog that there certainly was a turning point where you could tell Twista's music kind of went in a different direction. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more in my breakdown. So let's get into my breakdown of Twista. Twista is a little more well-known to the general public, maybe because he is down in history as one of the fastest rappers ever. Put that and a couple of commercial hits he had aside, and he wasn't necessarily a household name. Twista had his fair share of dope lines, but he also rhymed the same words a lot of times. It was mainly the speed of the words, rhymes, flow, and the amount of syllables he was able to put per bar that carried him to above average lyrically. The Tongue Twister is a 25-plus year veteran in the game, and over that span, he has put out a lot of material. Ten qualifying solo albums, two mixtapes, and two more EPs. The first four were good, and then after that, it seemed as if Twister was spending more money for weak features and catchy beats and hooks, and less time, effort, and creativity, and as a result, the next eight were average, and the last one was good. Of the 186 songs on those albums, he did have two great ones and 16 good ones, but eight of them were also weak songs and albums and lyrics started to seem repetitive. Although Twista doesn't have a long list of official names for me to roll off onto artists he's influenced, he essentially influenced an entire genre and style of hip-hop known as Chopper. The Tongue Twister gets major points early on for the style he came in with, which was at the time pretty unique and opened the doorway for other artists. That being said, he loses almost an equal amount for the 180 his music did in following whatever was trendy at the time in more ways than one. So, like I said, when we were, you know, finishing up on his background and things like that, where you can you can see even in his breakdown and his background and stuff how there really is kind of two paragraphs and two tales to twist his career. The beginning where he was doing things that nobody was doing before and then Later in the career where, ironically enough, as this always happens, right, the music kind of gets dumbed down and the artist has more success. So Twist is a prime example of that. Now let's get into the numbers to see how that affected his score. Lyrics, he gets a six, which as we talked about, there were some dope lines. It's not that Twist didn't have any dope lines. He did, but a lot of material, a lot of songs and stuff like that. So the, the, his music wasn't really littered with dope lines. And fast doesn't always just necessarily mean good. Obviously, it depends on the amount of syllables rhymed, the rhyme schemes used, the dope lines, the metaphors, the, you know, all the things that are incorporated. And while Twister was certainly above average, he got there mostly because of the amount of syllables that he was able to rhyme per bar and the rhyme schemes he would use and things like that. And he, his dope lines probably outweighed his weaker lines by a little bit, but not enough to carry him all the way up to six. That was mostly due to his his flow that was on point with his syllables with riding to the beat and the amount of syllables rhyme per bar and the different rhyme schemes he was able to pull off and these fast patterns and things like that. So he definitely gets an above average score there, but probably gotten in a much different way than most other people might have gotten the same score that he did. Albums, he gets a 3.54 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.32. As we talked about, he did have two great songs, but he also had eight weak songs, so that's obviously outweighed. So he loses about a third of a point there. Impact, he gets a six. Now, that's mostly due to the fact that 
number one, he kind of came in and, you know, paved the way for a genre, which is partially impact, partially originality, right? Because you're coming out with something new, which is obviously original, but you're also affecting people that come after you that start to do this as well. So you're getting a little bit for impact and a little bit for originality there. Um, and then you also have on the impact aspect of it where he wasn't, you know, the most commercially successful artist and he wasn't annihilating records with, you know, most amount of platinum records or most album sales ever or most number ones or anything like that. But he did, you know, he did have a number one single. He did have a couple of albums that charted really well and stuff like that. So he did have some commercial success and he did do some really unique and original things when he came out and stuff like that. And to a certain extent, even still to this day, I mean, when you hear Twister, you know it's Twister. But his impact wasn't overly large, but enough to, to bring him again above average. And then originality, he gets a five and a half. Now, again, there was two tales to Twister when it came to originality. In one sense, one part of him was as original really as could possibly be. His delivery, his rhyme style, the amount of syllables, the way that he was rhyming, the way that he approached hip-hop, the way that he approached making a song, the way that he approached gathering points to collect, and, and, and not that he wrote songs to collect points in my study, but I mean, people are collecting points whether they know they're doing it or not, and the way that he did it was different from the way that a lot of other people did it, so there was a lot original about him, but then there was a lot that was below average about him, so... Those kind of almost evened each other out. I felt that Twister did enough to stay above average in originality. And that's mainly because even though Twister's sound and content may have changed to gain a, a wider audience and better sales and, and appeal more maybe to the mainstream, he certainly slowed his music down. But he didn't change his style. He still came on a song and rapped like Twister. He still did his thing. And there was plenty of commercial songs that Twister had. But he definitely killed them. So I'm not trying to say that Twister went from being really dope to being garbage. Because that's certainly not the case. Twister never got bad at any point. He just really did a 180 with the direction he was going with his stuff. And it did, it did take a little bit of a dive. In, in the skill department and the quality department and stuff like that. But the skill and the quality wasn't a 180. It was more of the overall sound and the direction that he that he wanted to take his career from that point on and the things that he focused more on, like, you know, the people he was putting on his songs and things like that. So I just thought the way that he came in was enough to keep him above average there. So you add all those numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final score of 4.14 which leaves Twista in 93rd place of 156 artists done overall. So, just on the back end of the halfway mark, they're a little behind the halfway mark, but Twista obviously absolutely incredible in his own right when it came to rapping fast and paving the way for artists like uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony and probably countless others. I mean, that's just one that comes off the top of my head right away, but I mean... He came out with something new, something crazy, and he obviously, you know, I don't know if he still holds that Guinness World Record. I would have to look in on that, but I mean, at one point he held the Guinness World Record, so I'm not trying to take anything away from Twista. Absolutely incredible what he was able to do with words and syllables and all that type of stuff, so 
Shout out to Twister for sure. Now, let's talk about the current list. As you know, we're sticking with the top 15%. And there's no changes to this list today from last week. So let's just run it back again. In our top spot, we have Tupac, who's tied for 8th place of 156 artists done overall. Next is Pharaoh Monch, who's in 10th place. Then we have KRS-One, who's in 12th. Jizza, who's in 14th. Slick Rick is in 16th. Rakim is in 18th. Then a couple more slots back, we have Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 23rd. Then directly behind him, we have LL Cool J in 24th. Right behind him is MF Doom in 25th. And then a couple of slots back in 27th is Will Smith. Then for our last and final spot here today, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube, both tied for 30th place of 156 artists done overall. So no changes in this list today, but if you did notice, every single person has moved down a slot. Now what I mean by that is last week, Tupac was tied for 7th place and Pharaoh Monch was in 9th. And KRS-One was in 11th. This week, Tupac's tied for 8th. Farrell Monch is in 10th. And so on and so forth. So, someone I finished recently obviously had a great finish. I won't give away too much, but there's definitely some exciting big things coming up in the near future. Exciting shit on Tale of the Tapes. Uh, I've really been mind blown by some of these people that I've done. I've been, uh, you know, some people have really been rough to sit through. Some people have really pleasantly surprised me. Some people have really absolutely blown me away. But shout-outs to everybody that's in that top 15%. I mean, still hanging on to a top 15%. We are getting relatively deep into this study now, and there's some names on here that we just keep saying. We've just been saying these guys' names since, I mean, you know, Rev Run. 1984, I believe, uh, Run DMC came out. So we've been saying Rev Run's name for nearly a decade now, and he's still near like the middle of the list, so he's not even anywhere near going out. So definitely big shout out to everybody in that list, especially the 80s guys, really hanging on through a lot, a lot of people and a lot of big names coming up now and still hanging on to these top spots. Very, very impressive for sure. Now let's get into our current top 10% lyrically. Same thing with this, nothing changes here today either, but let's just run it back again. In our top lyrical spot overall, we have Pharaoh Monch with a score of 8.5. Behind him, tied for second, we have Master Ace and Jizza, both getting lyrical scores of 7.5. And, and behind them, we also have a tie for fourth place with KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who got lyrical scores of 7. And then behind them, we have a five-way tie for sixth place with Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G, Rap, Everlast, and Tupac, all getting lyrical scores of 6.5. Can expect this list to obviously stay the same a little more often than some of the other ones because this is a little bit more direct. There's only one way to get there. But let's get into some of our other lists that we go over. We'll start with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 80s. And, you know, like I say every week, this probably won't change much. If it does change, I will definitely announce that there's going to be a change in here because obviously that will be a pretty major thing. Um, but it is possible that any one of these guys could come out with an album or, you know, even that a lot of people from this point forward could maybe sample somebody that didn't get a giant impact score or got a really good one, but it could bring it up even more. So like I said, it can change, but it probably won't. It doesn't this week. So a top five rappers to make their debut in the eighties at number one, KRS one, number two, Slick Rick, number three, Rakim, number four, Rev Run of Run DMC. 
And number five, LL Cool J. Now let's get into our top five rappers to make their debut in the 90s so far. This also stays the same today. In our top spot, we have Tupac. Number two, Pharaoh Monch. Number three, Jizza. Number four, MF Doom. And number five, Everlast. So same guys in our top five here today, but considering all the changes we've had the past couple of weeks, to be quite honest, it's nice to see some guys finally holding on to some spots now. Especially the 90s one. I mean, the 90s one was... Almost every week, I would say something changed on that, and that's to be expected. You're doing a top five in a thing where there was only 10 guys, 12 guys, stuff like that, but we're starting to get a little bit deeper. We're in 1992 now. We're starting to get more guys covered in the 90s, so this list doesn't constantly change every week. It's a little bit, a little bit more concrete than it was. It's certainly not you know, set in stone or anything like that, but it's getting a little bit more fixated from this point going forward probably. If you'd like to see any of the lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. There's a support button on there. Appreciate anybody who hits it. And that's about it for this week, man. Next week, we have Spice One and Grandmaster Kaz. Spice One was from the West Coast, and I believe he was friends with Tupac and stuff, and Grandmaster Kaz was actually around in the 70s, really, if you if you look into Grandmaster Kaz, or if you were around at that time, then obviously you know, but if you look at his discography and stuff like that, he doesn't really seem to have ever put out an album until the 90s. I'm not sure exactly what the reasoning behind that is, but we'll cover him here where his debut album came out, and... It'll be interesting to see how his style carries over into this decade. So, tail of the tapes, peace. Tail of the tapes, might as well. <laughs>